0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show where we bring you more actionable tips and ideas for your business than you can find practically anywhere else on the internet. And we do that by bringing you interesting guests, and today will be no exception. But First, let me introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais in Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. As Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We're so excited to welcome Drew Donaldson. Hello, Drew. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you, Kathleen?
1: Excellent. Now, Drew is the CEO of Grow House. This is a company that has a one-on-one growth coaching program proven to accelerate your business's success. Can't wait to delve into this one. And today he'll be talking to you about marketing strategies for these precarious times we're currently living in. But first, Drew, can you give us a little bit about, uh, a little bit about yourself, about your background and what led you to start Grow House?
2: Sure. So, uh, I mean, I like to say I was, I was raised in the back rooms of small businesses and, uh, it's very, very much true. My mom owned an insurance agency, still does own an insurance agency. And I spent many a days filing in her back room and, uh, and labeling boxes back in the day when everything was on paper. And, uh, my dad owned a a greenhouse with my uncle, um, and same kind of thing there, I, I planted plants, and I was out in the field, and I, you know, fed the fish in the pond. And so I really grew up in the small business uh, environment. And most of the people we knew, like, because entrepreneurs cluster, were also entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of my mm-hmm. family members, uh, and and just friends included. So I was just always in this world. And I always had kind of a fascination for it. And I liked going and shopping in small businesses and seeing the different things people would do. Uh, And as I, you know, kind of went away to to college, that never really left me. And so I kind of graduated. And immediately, it was right at the dawn of YouTube being a thing for businesses, like it was just Mm -hmm. people were just starting to dip their toes in those waters. And no one really knew how to do it. Uh, I was coming out of film school at the time, and so I knew how to shoot things on a budget because I had just produced, you know, a hundred or so odd films while I was at film school. And wow. no one had more than three hundred dollars their name to do any of these, so <laughs> we had to make it make it work. So I became very good at, at, you know, kind of structuring productions to be very efficient. And that just worked beautifully for the small business community because they were in need at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a few years. And uh, then I kind of made my way into corporate America doing uh, studio setups. So shortly after small business kind of started dipping their toes in the waters, all the big boys, the universities, the major companies were like, well, we got to do that, too. And so I, they would bring me in. I would essentially build them a video production program. Uh, and then I would leave and I would go on to my next adventure. And so I did this a few times. Um, and on my last time, I was really getting tired of kind of corporate consulting. And anyone that has ever done mm-hmm. corporate consulting will tell you it amounts to spending 90 days working on a PowerPoint only to watch everybody that's in the room while you're giving it back when we actually went to boardrooms to give presentations. Uh you know, nodding along for 45 minutes, and then ordering lunch and throwing your presentation in the trash where it will never see the light of day again. And that's kind of soul crushing work because you put your heart and soul into something and then it's just immediately vaporized and you're just on to the next thing. And some people love that. That's, you know, that's the whole thing. But I just it didn't sit right with me. I wanted to make an impact on and I knew that there was just the impact I was going to have at a major corporation was going to be so small. Um, So in 2020, I decided I was going to start, you know, kind of a consulting firm that was focused on small business. And uh, January 2020 was a great time to start a small business. You know, it was so I didn't really sell much that year, right? We're in the throes of the pandemic. No one was spending any money. But what I did do is I talked to hundreds of small business owners and I learned what their challenges were, not just in marketing during a pandemic, but just what it was in general. And because everyone was so vulnerable and, and looking for answers, people were more than willing to tell me all of their problems about, Mm -hmm. well, I hate how, when I hire a marketing agency, you know, they want me to sign on for 12 months and I don't even know if they know what they're doing. And, you know, I I just don't understand why marketing is so expensive. Why should I have to pay $5,000 a month just to have someone run Facebook ads and on and on, I would just get these stories. And so I started collecting them. And as my consulting gig kind of wound down and I was looking on my next thing, I said, you know, I. I'm going to put everything into this. I'm going to put all my eggs into this basket. I found two other marketers that wanted to kind of team up on this idea. And we launched officially in 2021. Yeah. Um, within six months, our initial offer scaled to six figures. Um, wow. and that was with only three months of advertising. Yeah. yeah. So we hit the nail on the head first try out of the gate <laughs> in terms of like the messaging. But then we had another problem. How do you scale this thing? Because yeah. at the time, it's, it's a, you know, primarily... our our main kind of offer has a lot of one-on-one attention. Mm -hmm. And so over the next two years, it was really kind of an experiment of figuring out how do we take this thing that all of these small businesses need, which is someone to really act as a marketing Sherpa, right? Guide them through what Mm -hmm. they really need to be doing in their marketing um, without courses, without huge groups and giving them the kind of attention they really need. Not the kind of attention that you get in a lot of group coaching programs, which is just as it amounts to, you know, a secondary character in the organization saying, well, refer back to module four, or, oh, we covered that in module six, go watch that video, but actually getting your hands dirty and and helping them, whether it be copywriting, or solving a technical issue, or just understanding a marketing concept from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where that's girl house. That's what we do. So every day, I meet with anywhere between like, uh, five and 10 entrepreneurs, and for an hour at a time, and we go through and work on their business together.
0: Excellent. Very good. Wow, I, I thought there had to be an agricultural connection with a name like greenhouse. Um, yeah. I'm an ex-farmer myself uh, with a greenhouse, and uh, talk people talking about growing growing roofs and all those things. So good. And, and a good background, I believe, for life and, and for business, that mm. uh, agricultural connection. So Drew, mm. you, you recently wrote a blog post on the 10 proven tips and techniques for winning the virtual selling game, which we're back to YouTube in a big way. So could you expand a bit on that for our audience?
2: Uh, well, I got to remember what, what I wrote. I write so much copy during the, uh, <laughs> the week. I think I, I got to tell you, I do about, uh, I think, uh, 100,000 words a month. So wow. it is just a massive amount of copy that I have to yeah. produce. <laughs> so, wow. I, I would have to. I, I honestly, I hate to be, uh, you know, a, a spoil sport here, but I'd have to go back and, and read it because there's there's just so much um, writing that goes on in, in our program that okay. it's hard for me to remember what I write uh, from a day to day basis, let alone a, a, a blog. Not, not
0: a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> Let's move on from there, though. What is, uh, with all the experience you've got and and talking to 10, 12 entrepreneurs a day, you're gaining experience like uh, multiple times more than the average person. So yeah. uh, for our entrepreneur audience, small business owners, is there one tip on se- virtual selling that you could give them today that would help them in their businesses?
2: So I think the biggest thing is that... Um... I'll give you two. I'll give you two things. The first thing is trying to approach marketing like a major corporation is the wrong idea. Mm -hmm. Trying to be a master SEO and a content writer and do paid media and do live streams and do this and do that. What you essentially do is you dilute your message to a point, you dilute yourself to a point that none of those things are getting the kind of energy that they need to really be successful. It is better to start with one Core strategy that Mm -hmm. is proven to bring you business and then expand on that when the time is right. And so the, that leads me to kind of my second point, the most important thing for anyone. And this, this goes beyond business owners. This goes to every high school student in the country. Uh, Your ability to craft an offer is what separates people from being rich and poor. The people that are the richest people in the world tend to know how to craft a great offer, right? People don't accidentally stumble into billions of dollars unless they inherit it or something like that. Right. If you look at every success story in the history of the world, it's been someone who figured out how to craft an offer that people would buy. And this is, this goes to, how do you present yourself on a resume? How do you present yourself in a job Mm -hmm. interview? How do you uh, build a landing page to your website? How do you write an ad for social media? How do you, how do you position yourself on Tinder? Right. If you're looking for all of those things Mm -hmm. are offers and yet, No one really focuses on becoming great at those Mm -hmm. unless you're someone like me, that's a copywriter and you read all about offers and you know, the power of offers and you spend hours, you know, agonizing over this topic with people. It's just not something a lot of times I'll have a client come in and they'll, they won't even understand the concept of the offer. Mm -hmm. And I'll have Mm -hmm. to kind of go back Mm -hmm. to the beginning and say like, okay, when you bought your last car. What was that offer? What was the offer that you bought into? Well, you know, I bought, it was a, it was a truck and it had four wheels and, you know, two doors. <laughs> it's like, okay, but there was more than that. There was more than just the four wheels and two doors. What was it that you were actually buying? Oh, well, you know, I really wanted something to haul around my boat. Okay. So mm-hmm. you bought into the lifestyle of, Hey, I want a big truck to haul my big boat. Right. Right. Oh, but I also, you know, I need, I have kids. I need room for, okay. So you want something that's safe that can, your kids can sit in the back comfortably uh, for long car drives up to the lake and you can tow your boat behind you. And so like, as you start unwrapping the onion, you realize that every, every transaction that we participate in is the result of someone making a great offer that we believe in. Mm -hmm. And so without, without learning that, uh, I I fear that a lot of businesses are just going to perpetually struggle with their marketing because that's the thing that holds 95% of the businesses I see, that's the thing holding them back. The other 5%, Mm -hmm. it's systems and processes and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. that's the large majority of of people I see struggle with that.
0: Excellent. Uh, uh, Very, very, very true. Yeah. Thank you for that. Good advice.
2: Back to you, Kathleen.
1: So Drew, can you tell us some of the best marketing tools an entrepreneur should have in 2023?
2: Sure. So uh Go High Level is I think the single best CRM out there on the market right now. Um I was a HubSpot partner for years. I like the HubSpot system, but it's just not meant for small business owners. It's meant for enterprise. If you're making several seven figures a year, then HubSpot's a great tool. Uh but the reality is is high level does everything HubSpot does and it costs practically nothing compared to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, high level uh, sells for $97. Um, We white label the platform for our clients and give it away for free, because it's just such a critical tool. Yeah, even to people that are signed up for our group coaching program, which is, you know, only a 100 bucks a month, uh, we just give it to them for free, because it makes such a huge difference in having a tool like that. In your arsenal, as especially if you're in a service-based business, ecom mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. You know, you're going to have a Shopify or WooCommerce or something sure. like that. Yeah. But for service-based businesses, there's nothing. There's no, no better tool I could give you than than a Go High Level at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent! Very important, and um, we we've been dipping our tools, our toes in the water with, with more tools because we started this off because uh, back in. The beginning of the pandemic, because so many of our small business contacts had suddenly been deprived of the ability to network in the flesh and didn't know what to do. So we started with local small businesses to give them exposure and also to bring a little bit of light into people's lives because it was all doom and gloom. And this thing just took off and and now it consumes most of our time. So um, we've had people like yourself on the show telling us about tools. And one of the best we've come across recently is Airtable, which we use for automations to do a whole lot of our our bookings and scheduling. So that's just one small example. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Very, very good. Good. So let's look ahead. Um, The people you're talking to, what's some of their biggest fears they have right now when they look ahead for the next two years in this strange world we're living in?
2: So I think the biggest... um... There's there's two kind of undercurrents to this mm-hmm. that people are worried about. Um, I think the one is that they we have spent collectively as entrepreneurs lifetimes building structures based on a marketing paradigm that really hasn't changed that much in the last 20 years, right? You have your search engines and pay-per-click. You have your social media placements. Um, and then you have your kind of print, direct mail, door hangers, postcards, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that is changing abruptly because the way people find information is changing abruptly. Mm-hmm. And when you look at chat, the potential of ChatGPT, I truly believe that Google is going to look far more like ChatGPT. Yep. And you can already see this with what how Bing's integrating their AI mm-hmm. than what it looks like now, which means... SEO doesn't mean a whole lot anymore because oh. now it's it's a totally different ranking system. So I think the first thing is that people who have invested thousands of dollars in getting those top spots on Google or maintaining those uh, are now at this kind of impasse about like, well, how is Google going to treat my ranking when it comes to SEO? And mm-hmm. if people are only given three options, when they go and type into Google chat GPT and say, I need a, a window cleaner, and it only gives them three options that are the they're you know proven by AI to be the best three options out there. How do you get discovered? Mm-hmm. Um, the other undercurrent is the fact that people are, and this is this is why this change is going to happen in, in search people are using Google a lot less to find things and they're using TikTok a lot more. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people who have been building audiences on Facebook over the years and struggled and they don't want to have to move to another platform are looking at TikTok and going, well, how long is this going to last? Like, do I really want to invest in this platform? And the reality is, yes. TikTok's the single best marketing tool or platform, I should say, um, out there today. You're never going to get uh, a more engaged audience. You're never going to find a more um, diverse audience. You're never going to find a better ad platform uh, when you compare it to the rest of the cr- the groups out there. And the results we've we've gotten from TikTok alone, November of last year, we shut all of our marketing campaigns except for one TikTok. That one TikTok campaign books. 10 to 15 appointments on my calendar, it would book a lot more if I had the time on my calendar to book those appointments. Most people are booking at six and seven o'clock at night, because those are the only times I have available. And that has been consistent over the last four months without break. And the most important thing of, of that is that 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 increase in booking, it's not like on Facebook, where you get all these leads and no one ever shows up. We have, uh, you know, a solid show up rate on these meetings, a 40% close rate. We've grew 50% just in the last two months of the year. And we've already hit our revenue target net for this year. So people sleeping on TikTok are losing. You're actively losing money.
1: But, uh, Drew, um, I just heard recently in the last couple of days, and this pertains to Canada, I don't know how it is in the United States, Mm -hmm. but the government of Canada has now banned TikTok on all government-issued devices, and they're they're actually telling the general public to not go with TikTok because of security issues. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that's going to impact uh, you know, business through TikTok, uh, going forward. I don't know.
2: I don't, I don't think it will. And here, no. I, I don't think it will cause a big impact and here's why.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: first off people have been attacking TikTok for this and I'm not, I'm not on one side of the fence or another. Right. Okay. I just see the revenue potential here, mm-hmm. whether sure. they're an evil company or a great company, it, I don't really care either way. Right. Uh, my, my purpose is to try to find revenue wherever I can find it. And TikTok mm-hmm. is the best place to find it right now. Um, the biggest reason i see that that none of these these bans are going to affect is because as a society, and I don't know, I can't speak necessarily to Canadian society, but to American society, we've become very, very comfortable with the lack of privacy on our devices. Um, it, so much so that it's a, it's a joke, right? People post about the FBI listening on in on their phone calls, and they make memes about it. And they, uh, people post about how, you know, there's that famous picture of Mark Zuckerberg, where he tapes electrical tapes over his camera and mic. And it's like, boy, I wonder what Mark Zuckerberg knows that we don't, right? we've all become very desensitized to a lack of privacy in our digital lives and so when you look at the value that tiktok brings to people's lives and when i talk about value i'm just talking the entertainment itself right Mm -hmm. entertainment Mm -hmm. information the search that is going on in tiktok is really remarkable like if you've ever wanted to go and find a new place to eat don't go to google go to tiktok the results you get are Mm -hmm. phenomenal but I can't, I can't say how safe your data is on that platform. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a computer programmer. I've never looked at their code. I have no background in that uh, beyond the fact that I'm, you know, I work. I've done some work in web development here and there, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to make your own choices as a business about what platforms sure. you want to join. But if you're if you're focused on growth and you say, listen, I got to feed my kids. I got to pay them rent. I got to do, you know, make car payment. Right sticking to staying off of tiktok because you feel it is morally reprehensible it's a big statement you're leaving a lot of money on the table so you just should realize that like that's the statement you're making by by doing that you're essentially saying it's not as important it's more important to me to be on the moral side of this argument than it is to capture the revenue opportunity that's on that channel. I just don't think people should be skipping it just because some government organization says, oh, you shouldn't use it. Right. Because I don't mm-hmm. think most of the population is going to listen to the government. Right. They're just going to use it. No. No. You're right yeah, there, I'm sure. 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 <laughs> no. so, and so, and as, sorry, quick one. Someone was telling us the other day
0: that and he's my sort of age, and he, he also thought TikTok was for youngsters until he realized that TikTok has the best recommendation engine, never mind search engine, of anything, better even than Netflix and Amazon, right? Because, yeah. um, and he was giving us some examples. So again, another valid reason for using that for your, your message.
2: Mm. Sorry, and Kathleen, the, I jumped in. The, no, no, the, the thing that people often don't realize is the ad engine for TikTok uses the same AI. So that AI that delivers you an endless feed of things that you're interested in mm-hmm. is exactly the same technology they're using to serve your ad. And right. imagine the power of that. And no one sure. else does that. Right. No. no one else has that kind of technology under the hood when it comes to the ad platform. We don't even target our ads. We literally, all the targeting we do is in the copy. We upload it, click auto, and it gives us an endless stream of leads because TikTok's algorithm is that good. We don't, wow. we don't need to. Wow. Oh, my yeah. goodness we got to wow. do some serious looking here, Kathleen.
1: Yeah, I, think, I think you're right there, Peter. But yeah. uh, It's not on, cheap,
2: but right? it's, yeah. it's well worth it.
1: Okay. Um, just moving on to another angle here. People will remember the popularity of infomercials, infomercials from the 90s. And in fact, I still see mm-hmm. them on television uh, these days. But what are some of the tips and tricks used for these that can be applied for business marketing practices?
2: So this, I, I think two things. Um, one is just like the offer, that's that's an offer right there. Like mm-hmm. that that's why they're so successful is because mm-hmm. they're crafted. It's like, you know, it's have you ever seen a a commercial that is just it makes you want something so much that you're like, man, the the testing that must have gone into this to get me this amped up about this product is just insane. Yeah. Right. Masters of this, Apple, right? Fish. Apple's release videos make people salivate. They get up mm-hmm. and hoot and holler like they're in a, you know, a, a, a revival at church or something like it's it's unbelievable how good uh, in how a good offer can uh, bring someone to action immediately. And that's the genius mm-hmm. of infomercials. You know, people think infomercials are annoying or they're goofy or they're like, why are they so weird? Why can't they be cool? The reason is because over the past 50 years, we've learned how to sell in that platform and people buy that way. Now, do Mm -hmm. I think Gen Z is going to buy from infomercials? Yeah. They're just not going to look like infomercials. They're going to look different. Mm -hmm. They're going to be TikTok videos. We already see it. it. We already see those changes happening. You mean that? So yeah. But wait, there's
1: more? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) angle will change. You know,
2: um, one of the best books in the world on advertising is Ogilvy on advertising. It's one of my favorite books. It's a book I recommend like all of my clients read because inside it has so much more than just like the art direction and how at you know they made Coca-Cola ads back in the 50s because it really goes into like the psychology of why we use black type on white background and not the inverse. Right. They've tested that. They've proven mm-hmm. that more people will buy from an ad that has a white background with black text. And, you know, that's not always true. You'll you'll see websites that have the inverse, but Most of the time, if you have big body copy, you're not going to have it be on a black background with white text, you're going to have it the inverse. And so there's so many of these things that we've learned over the years that are human behaviors, that are uh, subconscious buying signals that are, um, I mean, it goes into behavioral economics. Like if you follow the Chicago school and all the great minds that have come out of there of Chicago University, it's it's just, um, it's fascinating how much we know. And so whenever you see, what I always tell people is when you see an ad more than once take note of it because that means that that advertiser is investing more money into it Mm -hmm. and then this goes for TikTok ads too. small advertisers when i see an ad like there's this one ad it's the weirdest thing it's this guy he looks like almost like he's going through puberty he's this just kind of this nerdy like mit looking kid right and i don't even know what the product is because every time i see it i'm just like this thing again and i scroll and the last time I saw it, I scrolled and I was like, I gotta watch that again. Cause I've seen that ad like 12 times. Something about that is clicking and he's spending mm-hmm. oodles of money. Cause I mean, if I'm seeing it 10, 15 times, imagine how many other times it's being shown. Mm-hmm. So whenever you see an ad more than once, whenever you see an ad that uh, people that just keeps popping up on your favorite show for, for months and months and months, there's something special to that. So Keep, uh, keep note of that uh, and, and learn from it. Learn how you can take that mm-hmm. same structure and implement it into your own videos. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things recently is, do you, have you ever noticed on television commercials that they all start with a door chime? Like, ding dong. Yeah, now that I said it, now you're going to know. Watch how many commercials start with some kind of like doo-doo or ding dong okay. or like a chirp. Something because what they've figured out is that these things rule our lives so much now that every time the commercial goes on, what do we do? Right, we uh, drop our head. We're not engaging because we've been right, we've right, been right, subconsciously right. trained on door chimes for hundred a hundred years. Yeah, when we hear that chime, it makes us raise our chin. Huh. And so now you will see that a lot of commercials doesn't matter what it's for. It could be a car commercial. It could be a commercial for Petco. Doesn't matter. They will have a little door chime sound effect within the first second of the ad to get people to raise their heads
1: oh okay I raise the heads.
2: Hmm. okay oh. So i i don't subscribe to any satellite
0: tv or um i don't even watch broadcast tvs so i don't see tv ads i should do i'm in oh. marketing i should i don't <laughs> <laughs> you know just said so <clears throat> uh You've, t- you've given us a really good idea for our audience to 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 work on um, looking ahead. So let me ask you what I call my burning question that I ask all successful people. Mm-hmm. And I'm really impressed with what you've been telling us. Other than crafting a good offer, and, and I accept that that's vitally important for business success, career success, and a lot of personal success. Is there any other single characteristic, habit, mindset? That you could identify that successful people have and use compared to people who remain average? Uh,
2: I think two things uh, pop into my head Um, positivity, or I'll give you three things positivity, compassion, and um, politeness. Hmm. Uh, You could also rephrase that as respect.
0: Respect, Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. People that lack these three things don't go very far in life right and even if you lack one of them you don't go very far right sure someone that's rude someone that doesn't show up to calls, someone who's late for appointments they stop getting invited to parties (laughs) you know like they people stop wanting to engage with that person people stop Mm -hmm. calling them Mm -hmm. to go and fix their sink because it's like man this guy's late again like he he dropped the ball again uh compassion is the other thing uh Mm -hmm. you know in the big box era uh a lot of small businesses thought that speed and Efficiency trumped customer service, and it was the biggest mistake small business owners could ever make. Because the only place left in the market for a small business owner is personalized customer service. Because mm-hmm. you'll never mm-hmm. beat Walmart's pricing, you'll never beat no. Amazon's pricing, you'll never beat any of the big boys on pricing or service or speed. Uh, the o- or I'm sorry, pricing or speed. The only speed. thing you can beat them on is service. Right. Um, and uh, the the uh, third one we well, I, I covered compassion. Uh, respect. What was the first one I said? Uh, (laughs) Positivity. Positivity. Positivity, Yes. Uh, If you can't get, if you can't live the happy warrior life, it is almost impossible to succeed because you Mm -hmm. are going to get kicked down again and again and again, because that's the entrepreneur's journey. Like everyone thinks, oh, I had this great idea. And like, Overnight, I had a million dollars in cash sitting in my bank account and it just doesn't happen that way. Oh, so no. much work has to go into building mm-hmm. something. And yeah, sometimes you hit it right. Sometimes you have product market fit and we see these 16 year olds who start a business and now their their parents have to hire separate accountants because like the, the business just explodes. We had a, a board game company started by a, a nine year old recently that we interacted with that is clear on like a few million a year. Start by like a six-year-old or a nine year old. So like these things happen. Those sparks do happen, but expecting those sparks and expecting that to be the outcome of your first effort is is just highly unrealistic. God. What's more realistic is yeah, I'm gonna fail 10 times before I succeed once. And then I'm gonna take that one success and I'm gonna leverage it into more success. But I have to fail those 10 yeah. times. Yeah. Like that's part of you... that's part of being a successful entrepreneur.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely
2: you're 100 correct with that yeah don't we know it <laughs> right back to you Kathleen well
1: we are running uh short on time here Drew but uh before I let you go how can people contact you
2: sure so uh you can find us at growhouse.org g-r-o-h-a-u-s.org mm-hmm. uh you can book a free coaching session with me there uh and also look at our our packages um we have a couple of really cool things happening in our community. We're celebrating our uh, f- our uh, year anniversary uh, of uh, kind of a relaunch of our brand April of last year, and uh, so that's coming up uh, here in, in the month of April. And we have a bunch of uh, surprises uh, tied into that. So uh, we encourage anybody that is a small business owner, service based business, e com, whatever whatever your whatever flavor you're at, to uh, to at least book a call with us and uh, see if we can help you. Excellent, Peter. Very good. Gee, that was, that was very good. Thank you. And a quick message
0: for our audience. We are getting more guests like we've had today with Drew. So to make sure you don't miss anybody, uh, visit our website, theyackyshow.com, and sign up for our email so that you can be in the picture. We get new guests for you. And thank you very much. And that's it from Kathleen and me, Peter, today, and our guest, Drew. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.